Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Who is the youngest goalkeeper to play for the England national team? The number one podcast. Hello and welcome back to the number one podcast, your favourite nerdy goalkeeping football podcast. I am Lloyd Griffith and with me is my co-host, arguably the best dressed goalkeeper from the North East, who now co-hosts a goalkeeping podcast. It is David Priest. David, how are you? I'm very well. I mean, you see North East, I like to see it be a more wider spread region than that. Absolutely. North, to be honest with you. Um, you today, I think we should just... I, I'm in a hoodie, just a little grey hoodie, um, Fred Perry, white Carhartt t-shirt, nice easy slacks. I've had a speed awareness course today. I went for comfort. Now, we're doing a podcast. It's not in front of a live audience. It's in a small booth. In not North yet. It's not, it's not in front of a live audience yet. Oh, stop spoiling them. Um, but you are dressed impeccably. Uh, I'd say uh, a suit jacket with pocket square. Lovely paisley pocket square, a blue shirt, but then also a lovely uh, dark brown jumper. I'd, I'd say more rust, really. Uh, it's, a, it's a rusty, you're wearing a rusty, rusty jumper. That And that jacket, I'm not going to lie, mate, doesn't look cheap. Um, well, I mean, I bought this in the days when I was playing football, so that's why. Back in the day. Yeah, so I wasn't going to jumble sales then. But you're looking back at, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is you're making an effort. Yeah. For... I am, yeah. And... and just to go along with that, I think uh, I just want to point this out here. I've, uh, you know, we missed a bit of pen chat last week. We did. We missed a little pen chat. And we, there were some complaints, so I want to bring it back to the pen chat. And I just want to uh, show you what the pen that I'm using today. Wow. It's, uh, it's a Paul Smith uh, pen. Um, it was a present for Christmas. Was it? From a girlfriend, yeah. And um, Humble break. Yeah. It's... Um, it's seaweed colour. That's a, that I've looked up on the internet. That's what it is. But you look at niche colours, don't you? Yeah. Does it go from primary? It goes rust and seaweed for me. That's that's not green. That's seaweed. So it's um, it's lovely to hold. Go and touch it. Yeah. Okay. Touch thank it. you. Oh, crikey! It's got a bit of weight to it, hasn't it? Yeah. It's nice. It's smooth as well. well it's blue. I can't use yeah. blue. Can you not? Why not? No, I only use black. Mm. That's weird. So I, I've gone for the the four colour Bic um, pen that you got me as a present a few weeks back, but you've not brought your four colour with you today. Do you know what? Do you know obviously, why? It's obviously with you. It's leaked. What? Yeah. Oh, croaky. The black, the, it was the black one that I had. Yeah, it's leaked. But did you see my tweet last week? Um, I, 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 no. Uh, the, well, I was at, um, we'll talk about it later on, obviously, but I was at St. James, uh, St. James Park. 
I was I'm at St James Park this Saturday, but I was at St George's Park. Yes, which uh, is last week. Yeah, in uh, the middle of England. Yeah, and um, the goalkeeping coaching staff there, and some of the other goalkeeping, uh, other coaching staff, uh, they all uh, very much of the uh, four the colour four colour pen. No way. A group, yeah. Do they, do they have it before you? Do you think? Or no, no. I, th- I think it's. Um, they've been listening to the podcast. They, they've just they just appreciate it. Should we speak to Bick about getting some sort of sponsorship? We should. I mean, we've given them enough airtime now. We absolutely we? have. Yeah. yeah. I'm also trying to think of a joke about um, uh, a pen, but I can't. I can't think of. Maybe you'll have to start shaving though. Yeah. No, I can't. I'm, no, because we're we're not going to. Sh- do you know what I still do shave though? This is not what we should be talking about on this podcast, but it's just you're getting to know us, aren't you? I've obviously got a beard, um, but I've got this beard just because it hides a multitude of chins. Um, <laughs> if I didn't, I just, I just, you know, like I've got four faces. But I do, uh, <laughs> I do shave the top bits. So mm. I, um, any shaving companies that want to get involved, I do still use, I use them around the back and sides, otherwise it just looks like a little bump off around the back of my head. Um, so I mean, but if you're up for sponsoring the podcast, give us a shout. Uh, I mean, we are open to. Uh, Offers. Um, we've got a man that sorts that out. So uh, do uh, do get in touch. Uh, later on, we will be answering that question. Who is the youngest goalkeeper to play for England? Obviously, you know, because I told you as we were having our flat whites in the cafe downstairs. Yeah, but I, I thought it would be one that was from sort of way back when. I thought it would be, way, yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. We'll, we'll answer it later on. And again, a huge thanks for all the continued amazing love and support, um, the reviews and listens. Genuinely, I know we keep banging on about it, but, um, the, the, you know, we're doing this because we love goalkeeping, but also the fact that there's a community out there Keep bringing in the love. We we um we're very we're overwhelmed, aren't we? Basically, is what we're trying to say. And there's some been some cracking reviews. I'll read a few of them out later on. There will be a winner of the Glove Story, a very good book, and also we'll be giving out some uh, prizes in the next uh, in, in the next few weeks. Something to look forward to, isn't it? Um, no pens. No, not not the moment. Not at the moment. No, but it, there's Depends been a lot of kind of offers of, uh, of from glove companies. So uh, yeah. We'll, uh, Depends if that sweet sweet deal comes in from uh, from Bic. Yeah, it's all dependent on that. Imagine if we were sponsored by Bic. Oh, it'd be wonderful, wouldn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Uh, obviously, it was the international break this weekend, so there's no Premier League fixtures to rant and rave about. Um, I mean, great for some teams m- means they didn't lose this weekend. <laughs> um, but we're going to have a look at what happened in the international break. England. We're both uh, English. We both support England. Uh, and they played Holland on Friday night. The score was 1-0. Not an overwhelming win, but a win nonetheless. Yeah, and Holland's probably not, not the force they used to be, so no. that's got to be taken into consideration. Which is insane, though, because if you look at, again, it's such a cliche, isn't it, on paper, but their team on paper, I mean, they've got some good players in there. Yeah, and they've got some very good players just beneath the, the senior yeah. squad as well. Um, uh, but it's it was all the build up to the game was all about the goalkeepers, which was great for us, obviously great great for me to talk about. Well, I think as well, I'm not sure if it's just because we're doing this podcast, but I've just seen there's been so much debate about goalkeepers over the last few weeks. And I'm not saying it's because people are listening to the podcast mm. and you know all of a sudden Sky and the BBC want to talk about it, but <laughs> I mean, it's probably it's a coincidence. It's a bit it? of a coincidence, yeah. isn't it? Um, so the goalkeeper that was chosen for that night was Jordan Pickford, who it Pickford, 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 who is your favourite. I mean, there's no denying that. Yeah, and I think I said before, we'd be foolish if we thought that Gareth Southgate was just going to make his mind up over these two games. You know, it's there's a lot more goes into it than just uh, just two auditions. The way they're going to be over the game against Holland and Italy, and it's not that Jordan had a, an outstandingly brilliant game, but. 
everything he did, he did well, um, and he showed exactly why Gareth Southgate. I, I, like I said, I think he, Gareth Southgate thinks that uh, Jordan Pickford's going to be his number one simply because he's the one who's best at playing off the back. He's the best, uh, or the, the calmest with the ball at his feet. And and he showed that with his uh, his involvement in the in the goal in Jesse Lingard's goal. Next day, Gareth Southgate came out and says, uh, "I know who it would be if we played tomorrow, as in in the starting eleven. Uh, but I think we've still got plenty of football to be played. Um, so uh, I, I think he probably means um, Pickford. I'd say so. Two games against Germany, Holland, two clean sheets. Not just that, two assured performances. And um, I mean, it'd be." Bit of pressure going on Jack going into this game against Italy, but probably no more, no more than usual, no more than he puts on himself anyway. Um, but it, it's it's just great to see that after all the deliberation, all the discussion about uh, about who's going to be number one, and that it could be a problem leading up to the to the World Cup that we don't have a, a distinctive number one. It's good to see that Jordan's he's just thrown down a marker and said, I want to be number one. There's no sign of any nerves there. And even when he was closed down under pressure with the ball at his feet, it was never panicked. So he had a, I think he was out on the left-hand side and somebody closed him down and he's, he's went to clear it. He hit it off for a goal kick. Um, and then there was the, the tweet that, I'd, I'd use the term viral. Um, within these, you know, within the, within the community, you did a tweet um, on the twenty third of March, uh, which says there's there's the difference and some justification for Jordan Pickford playing right here, and then it is a clip basically of him being closed down, but also basically playing from the back, which I think, as you've mentioned before, is what Gareth Southgate is looking for. That got six hundred and forty seven retweets. Yeah. Is that the biggest still going? Is that is that the best that yours has ever done? It must be one of them. I think. Oh, yeah. right, up there. I think it was one. It's got three hundred eighty two thousand views as well. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That is very good. That. Yeah. But do you think that is those kind of things are an example as to why he will be picked ahead of others? Yeah, there was a lot of people just who kind of try and be clever and saying, "Oh, it's just a five-yard pass. I could do that. Oh, I should I, be playing for England." I can see you. you know? I can see the tweets, and yeah. I can see you rubbing your hands together as I was. Well, do you know what? I've, I've spent far too much time, wasted far too much time answering people who, who were saying things like that. And it was the fact is that if you, I'm not saying it was anything that was extraordinary what he did he did what we expect top class goalkeepers to yeah. do but in like I said in justifying his inclusion in the team over the other three what I'm saying is there is that one there might be a case that some of the other keepers might not come out of the box there they might have been safe sat in the box and let defenders clear up and come back to him if that's the case then it slows everything down there's not a chance for us to counter and, and to play through the team like they did for the goal and also, there's the case when if the other keepers did get in that position, yeah. would they have taken that confident touch to take the Dutch player out of the game and to make, give himself an angle to play the ball back inside to John Stones? Or would they have lo- chose or erred on the side of safety and picked the ball, uh, a longer ball further forward so it gives them uh, a better chance of uh, regrouping and getting back in position again and not taking any chances? And I, and I think that would probably be the case. And and especially, especially on his weak side. Now I know that. So his weak side is which side? His right side. His right his side. Okay. And I know that in I've always been of the mind that 
every professional footballer, goalkeeper, centre forward, defender, anybody should be as e- uh, equally comfortable with both feet. Yeah, and you can see that he is. But just the fact that he 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 took that touch with his right foot, he's played the ball with his right foot as well in that position, and he's not erred on the side of safety. And it just shows great confidence and composure. And and I love that because he is under pressure. You know, you know, it, it, he is in competition with other people. He is trying to impress, and um, and sometimes when you're in that position, you can, you know, you can either think two things. You think I'm going to really go out there. I'm going to do everything I can to impress, or I'm going to make sure that I don't just don't do anything wrong, and and be safe and make sure that, um, yeah, nothing bad happens. He he just went. He just went out there and played his own game, played his normal game, and, um, and like I said, it wasn't anything extraordinary. But it, it, to me, it showed me a lot. Because if you look at the teams that the goalkeepers play for, so like Pickford plays for Everton, Hart plays for West Ham, Butland plays for Stoke, and Pope at Burnley, they're not the teams that archetypally you think, oh, they're the kind of teams that play from the back. Mm-hmm. If you look at, you know, your Man Cities and 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 your Chelsea's, your Man United's. Obviously, they've all got um, foreign goalkeepers, yeah. and they do play that. So you're you're looking for a goalkeeper to really come in and go right. I'm going to play a little bit out of my comfort zone from what I'm usually used to playing. Yeah, uh, you're right. I think average distances uh, distribution wise from feet, they're the the teams and the keepers who hit it longer than most. Yeah, and um, and and it's unfortunate that so you look at Jordan. The last two teams he's played with Sunderland and Everton, he's when the ball goes back, and particularly when he was at Sunderland, he used to get the ball fired back, and, and, and there was not not much care taken into the, his back passes, uh, the Sunderland defenders' back passes. They would put him under so much pressure, and he was like a human Valium. He was just so <laughs> so calm, and he's probably the best player with his feet in the Sunderland side. That's not saying much, I know that. But the, the difference is in those teams, and especially in this Everton side where they're very long confidence defensively. When he gets the ball, all he sees is backsides. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't see options. People wanting the ball, dropping, dropping wide, making angles from it. He doesn't see that. And is that a difference though? Seeing backsides as opposed to front, front of faces, or even like side of faces. Yeah, well, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you just it means your your options are limited, so you have to go along. And until Theo Walcott came in and uh, and and Tosin, that he hasn't really had any targets to hit. Yeah. So if he's been trying to drop it into centre midfield to, to the likes of Rooney or Sigurdsson, maybe it's Calvert-Lewin's, maybe he's one he could aim for, but it's uh, he hasn't, like I said, he hasn't had any real targets where at Sunderland, at least he had Jermaine Defoe, yeah. who was looking for the ball as soon as, he got, uh, as soon as he got the ball in his hands. So that's a huge difference. And for him to adapt... The way he has, just in slipping into that role that he's playing, that Gareth Southgate wants him to play, it's uh, it, it just shows how good footballer he is. But all in all, a pretty self-assured, uh, self-assured game from Pickford. Yeah, like I said, it, it didn't do a, a great deal wrong, and I really liked the way that they played. And I know they weren't under pressure and a great deal. Holland, not particularly stiff opponents, but. The difference between this side and previous sides who have tried to play football. We played Spain a few years ago and beat them one nil. Right, and yeah, we 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 tried to play uh, passing football and it looked very sort of very wooden yeah, and very sort of paint by comfy. numbers. Yeah, and it didn't look natural at all. Where this is different, the the movement was a lot sharper, more dynamic, and uh, we looked as if we were doing things with a purpose. 
We've got a tweet here from Paul Riley, um, who is at Football Fact Man. Well, yeah, do you know him? Yeah, I know Paul. Paul you know everyone, mate. Well, Paul's uh, does a lot of uh, analysis on goalkeepers, particularly, and he's very good. A lot of the sort of uh, the stats that I get, and sort of if I'm checking up things to back up to what, what my thoughts or to disprove what I'm thinking which sometimes is is the case no. uh, yeah Paul's very good is he like a one man opter yeah he is for and, and he's, he's he certainly should be uh, should be involved in the game I think because like let's I said he, he's, got, he's got a very good understanding of the position as well um, and, and I mean Twitter's been good for that for for um, showcasing what analysts can do. You've got Sam Jackson as well, who works at uh, World in Motion. Right. Two very good, very good analysts, and, and well worth a follow on on Twitter as well. Um, Paul Riley says only Pope is pulling up Premier League trees right now, but he's probably third choice. Then Hart is probably fourth choice. And again, obviously, this is all up for debate. He then goes back to say, at what point do you fire one, if not two, of the current four contenders? to promote under-21s first choice into third, splo- uh, third slot in the main squad, if not why. So that's a good good point, but I, th- I think as well, it's probably more valid more than ever now because of the success of the under-21s and the under-19 team. Now, you spent the week at St George's Park this week looking at the under-21s, is that right? Yeah. Um, why were you there? Well, it, it basically, I've been doing... I've talked about before here doing a series of interviews with goal, goalkeepers and goalkeeper coaches and uh, I like the work that Tim Dittmer does he's the head of goalkeeping development uh, at uh, the FA and I like the work that he does I like the way that he thinks about goalkeeping he's uh, he's got some great ideas um, and and we, we're now we, we, we are seeing uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's too much to see a conveyor belt but we're certainly seeing um a production line of goalkeepers who potentially could rival the best in the world and and get uh, English goalkeeping back at a level where it's admired again. Yeah, I've never really got this theory about uh, English goalkeepers being the best in the world. We certainly had some top-class goalkeepers in the past, the likes of Banks, Shilton, Clemens, people like that. Seaman? Seaman, yeah, put, put him in that bracket as well. We've certainly had some very, very good... Uh, goalkeepers are some outstanding goalkeepers, but I'm not sure that's just because it was an insular notion that, you know, because we didn't see a lot of foreign goalkeepers at that time. Yeah. Um. You know, it, you know, coverage of foreign football wasn't as widespread as it is today, so people weren't seeing the likes of Lev Yashin and. Oh, okay, he's, he's a he's a different example because he's you know world renowned as, yeah. as being one of if not the best there ever, there's ever been. But you'd only know of like one or two at a certain yeah, exactly. time, so, like your Pagliukas or the like. No, exactly. Yeah, the the most prominent ones. So you don't see what their what their strength and depth is like in the in the in the leagues and and for their countries. So I, I've never really thought that myself. Simply because I mean I've been a big admirer of continental goalkeepers from being a young age, like the Dasev and Van Broeklin when I was younger. Yeah, Joel Bats for France, but and uh, uh, Schumacher. It, it, they were all sort of um, a lot of them were. Big personalities, Jean-Marie Faf, Belgian goalkeeper '96. I loved his blue strip and, <laughs> and his blonde curly hair, and he's—I think he's a, the Belgian goalkeeping coach now. Um, yeah, so I always took a big interest in continental coaches anyway. But now there was a, there has been sort of a couple of decades where we we it's noticeable that we've fallen behind. Right. So I wanted to go in and speak with Tim, 
sort of pick his brains, see what he's thinking, you know, a lot of his thinking is behind uh, behind goalkeeping, what they were, and uh, and to get his views why he, he thinks that the goalkeeping um, or English goalkeepers had fallen behind. Because to me, it was clear that we had. Well, there's been a few uh, players that have definitely come out in the last few years. You know, we have to look at Freddie Woodman. I know he's at Aberdeen at the moment. I know he's uh, injured, but. Like if you look at his performance uh, at the 2017 Under-21 World Cup, I mean, he won the Golden Glove Award um, for the tournament's best yeah. keeper. Like I, 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 I haven't even heard of another goalkeeper getting that same one, especially from, from England. And he saved a penalty in the final against uh, Venezuela, which England then went on to win uh, 1-0. Um, a lot have been talked about him. I've been banging on about Dean Henderson. Yeah, We had him at Grimsby on loan. Um, we got told that he was very good. He then played, I think, seven games and he was outstanding. Uh, he's then gone on to Shrewsbury and has been doing wonders there, absolute wonders. And then there's these videos, if you see him at England, and uh, you you were there behind yeah. the goal, these these clips that we've been tweeting out. Some of the some of the saves that he's been doing in training are insane. I mean, I, I'd seen the same, seen him a couple of times at Grimsby. Like, you, like you, well, I mean, you've seen a lot more Grimsby, but I'd seen him play at Grimsby. Uh, seen him play at Shrewsbury this season. But um, I love going and watch goalkeepers training. Yeah, I, I just think you see, uh, you see a lot more of the personality. You see the what the work ethics like. You see how they respond to, um, to you know, if they're making errors in training. You just tell a lot from the way they handle themselves. And um, so it was interesting to go and see him. Unfortunately, Angus Gunn and uh, Freddie Woodman weren't uh, weren't training uh, those days when I was down there. But um, it was a chance for for Dean to, to step in. I know he played on on Saturday. He did, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I mean, he might have made a, an error for the goal, but um, just watching him train and talking to people about him, talking to different coaches, and not just him about him, but the different coaches at different levels. The the thing that was spoken about most was that, or the the phrase people use was he's an animal, <laughs> and uh, and watching him train, he is. He looks ultra confident physically for somebody so young. He's twenty, is he? Twenty one. Yeah, he, he he's. He, he he looks uh, he looks well built, but the way that he plays, he's just so aggressive. And I know they've had to work on his game, or he's had to work on his game a little bit to to tape uh, to tame that. To so because um, he was he's just getting you know too aggressive. He's wanting sometimes you didn't try too much. Yeah. And if you can just if that if that aggression uh, can be controlled, it's uh, it's a phenomenal sight to watch him uh, watch him in training. But surely you'd have it that way round, tame the aggression as opposed to try and put the forced aggression into someone where that it just doesn't seem natural definitely I I, I, uh, Grimsby played Accrington I think it was on it was on Boxing Day last year or year before even when we had uh, when we had Dean and Scotty Brown not um, Celtic Scotty Brown Scouse Scotty Brown played Everton with Wayne Rooney and the like he uh, he was playing for Accrington he was like your keeper was unbelievable and he'd played Scotty Brown had played at Grimsby with James McEwen so obviously there's a lot of respect for James McEwen said this keeper though, like, he was like the, the cockiest bloke I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, but l- luckily, justifiable because you can have cocky footballers, you can have confident footballers, but they've got to back it up. And it seems that he has a substance in order to back this uh, this this confidence up. Yeah, but it's not just. I mean, I'm talking about physically aggressive and maybe he's aggressive in one v one situations and and but I'm 
talking about aggressive in his, uh, his positions. He's always wanting to affect the situation. Yep. So sometimes he might, he might not be able to affect the ball directly because it's too far away. But by the way you position yourself, you can affect the decision-making of, the, of somebody who's crossing the ball or somebody shooting. And you see him in some, some of the shooting sessions, you know, that um, he's, he's playing against... Obviously, his peers who are who have a similar standard, top class finishers as well. But he's coming out more often than not. He's coming out on top in the in the shooting sessions. He's the one who's he's every ten shots. Uh, the perhaps only scoring one, maybe two goals at most. He, he's so uh, explosive in his movements yeah. as well. And you see, I think there's one save that's on one of those clips where he, he it's uh, up the height to his left hand side, right in the top corner, and he. I'm, I'm not being uh, being funny. I was stood right behind it, and he almost died past it. The goal could have been another foot higher and foot wider, and he has still saved it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and it, it just and we were talking before about uh, confident keepers and how that's perceived by people. And um, I find it difficult uh, to understand that in in some clubs, especially with goalkeepers, confidence is such a massive thing mm-hmm. that you go into clubs and. Um, and if any any goalkeeper is is cocky or confident or comes over like that, they try people uh, coaches try to knock it out of them. Of really? course, you've got to try and stay humble and make sure that it doesn't affect them. That arrogance or that confidence is not affecting other people negatively. Of course, but as a goalkeeper, you've got to have that. And I think it's probably maybe been our trouble as well that we've tried to knock that confidence out of people. Um, yeah. it, the, the, jo- the jobs the jobs difficult enough, so you've got to be ultra confident. And and the job, it does chip away at you, and you chip away at yourself sometimes with with uh, with self doubt. But if you can sort of, if you not mask it, but if you can combat that with, with a confidence, with a belief as well, I think that that's uh, it's one of the biggest sort of tools you can have in your in, in your tool bag as a as a goalkeeper. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Good week down at St George's Park. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, do you know what was really interesting? Just talking to all the people down there, not people from the football side, from the science and, and performance side, how they view things, and it's it's great to see. I was very sceptical when I first went uh, when I first heard about the this uh, England DNA when it was right. when it was first announced and. Simply, I was sceptical simply because not that we got it's not a good idea, but the fact it was, it was uh, just a, to me it was another idea. It was another blueprint. Every every tournament with every failure in every tournament, there's a, a new blueprint that we need to follow. Whether it's you know if Italy win the World Cup, we've, we've got to do it the way the Italians do. Yeah. If the Germans and we we've got to, okay, we, we can take things from them as well, but we've got to find our own way but it was interesting in that that happened when St James's Park was built St George's Park what is going well, on don't, don't, it's my fault that it's no fault. I, I went to a school in Grimsby called St James I mean that's not helping because I'm just I'm, I'm just going back home at St George's Park when that was built there was a lot of hype about it this is going to be you know the blueprint for the future in England are going to win the World Cup and you kind of go we've heard it all before mm. it doesn't matter what you do but since then both the, the the men's and women's teams, you know, the under seventeens, under nineteens, they've been winning World Cups. Yeah, and it, it's about continuity. They've they've not sort of buckled under, you know, let's say like the last uh, Euros. They've not buckled under the failure. You know, you've got to, for something to to to, to take root, you've got to persevere with it. You've got to keep going with it. And as long as you, as long as the ideas are right and your belief in it is right. You, know, you have belief in it, then you've got to keep pers- persevering with it, and that's when you get results. Chopping and changing every two or four years, it's it's uh, it upsets the rhythm of it. Like I said, you 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 can't uh, you can't progress that way. And like I said, I was sceptical at first, but you know I've been down there a few times in the last couple of years, and it's 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 great to see what they're they're actually doing when you're getting people explaining this is what we're doing and the minute detail which they go into. Um, you know, everything's sort of measured down to millimetres. It's uh, that's great. That's what you want. Oh it? no, exactly. Yeah, and uh, obviously we have the finances. English football is swimming in money, so we should have the finances yeah. to be able to uh, to do, to do anything we want. And it's great to see that now. I said it's about having the the right finance, the right pe- uh, people in charge, and the right methods. And it to me. Yeah, it looks like we're getting there with it, and we have to keep persevering with it. But like I said, I was there to see Tim Dipper, and it was um, it was interesting. I love talking to people who um, I love talking to people who who make me think, who make me think differently. I don't, uh, and Tim's certainly that, and he's not he's not. Um, you know, sometimes when you talk to people in his position or, or, or coaches high up, sometimes they try and uh, force their their ideas onto you, and, and sort of without any sort of give or take, it's sort of like this is the way I do it, and um, and and you know, the we, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we we should agree on it, and they try and force their ideas on you. Where Tim's not like that, he, he kind of sort of like. It kind of holds your hand and sort of leads you down a way of thinking, and then you sort of get come round to. It's not really convincing you, but you, you you do end up thinking, oh well, yeah, it makes you see things differently, and I love that. And um, so, I, 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 hopefully, well, I am I'm, I've written a piece about it as well, so I'll put that into more detail in the, in the future. 
Well, it's a very good question uh, that we had from uh, from y- your pal. Mm-hmm. Uh, your pals with everyone, so thank you very much, Paul. Uh, and it's an interesting fact as well. You know, do we go for the younger goalkeepers? Which then brings us on to the question at the very beginning: uh, Who is the youngest goalkeeper to play for England? And it is the goalkeeper that is going to be starting on Tuesday night for England. Is Jack Butland, who is England's youngest goalkeeper. He was 19 years old and 158 days when he made his debut for England, which is ridiculous if you think about it because there's a number of other goalkeepers in the modern era uh, Joe Hart was 21 so too was Peter Shilton uh, 22 year olds you've got Richard Wright and you've got Scott Carson 23 year old uh, you're looking at like Paul Robinson Alex Stepney I mean that's going back a little bit um, Jordan Pickford so I mean when people talk about the four goalkeepers that we're going to take to the World Cup and people are saying you know Joe Hart He's an old head. He's been there. He's done it. But Jack Butland has been playing since 2012. I was surprised by that. I was surprised that he was. Uh, I didn't realize he was on standby as well for 2012. So, yeah, was, yeah I mean, he's been around. Well, he's been around. He, he, he's not inexperienced. No, not inexperienced at all. So I'm just thinking: Do you take someone like Pope, who at the moment arguably is statistically the best goalkeeper in the Premier League? Then with Jordan Pickford, who seems to be the first choice, and then you've got Jack Butland, who has been around and is a bit of an old head, even though he's still quite young. Do you know what? I've been giving this a lot of thought about Joe Hart lately, and I'm convinced there's still a very... Well, he is a very good goalkeeper, but you can see there's been a gradual decline over the last three seasons. But I'm sure there's still a lot of football good football left in Joe Hart there's still an outstanding goalkeeper somewhere inside there now over the past three years I don't know whether um, you know he's got to take responsibility for his performance as well of course we've said that about goalkeeping coaches they can only you can only do so much as a coach yeah you know it's not like a like an Xbox controller you control a goal, <laughs> goalkeeper but I don't know whether perhaps he's, he has been let down uh, over the past few seasons uh, with regards to what people have decided is the best for him, sort of uh, coaching and training-wise. I think um, sometimes you get to a certain age and you th- or you, you you get under the impression or you get comfortable where you think that you know best what's for, best for you. But sometimes I think the best coaches are the ones who do, they don't tell you what you want to hear, they tell you what you need to hear. Right. And... Um, and Perhaps Joe hasn't had enough of that. And if you look at some of the the, the parts of his game that um, that people have co- called into question, um, or that if, say called into question, maybe that's the wrong uh, phrase. But uh, parts of his game that need working on. So um, you know, Pep's pointing out saying that he, he's obviously that he wasn't the keeper he wanted. Uh, you know, distribution wise, in. yeah, work on that. Make you make yourself the goal, your goalkeeper. When he was at Torino, uh, he had a, a problem um, with ball uh, crosses to the to the back stick, where he was creeping towards the near post before the ball had been um, before the ball had been crossed, and uh, it cost him a couple of uh, probably I think three goals in Torino, in all of the course of a season. I mean, it, it indicates a problem. Yeah. So that's what should have been worked on. And like I said, it's it's not about working on just the good things you're good at. It's working out. Working on what you what you're not. So Butland is playing tomorrow night against Italy. Is it between those two? Do you think for for Southgate? I know we keep, we chatted about it, but no, yeah. I th- I think well, if, if why do you think he's playing Butland if 
you think his mind might already be made up? Is it just to keep him happy? No, I, I think it's just basically just more experience in that, um, the, the fact that he'll go into the... This is the last um, the last friendly before the squad's announced, so he'll... Um, he needs another game uh, at international level. That's no doubt. And I think when he says he's, you know, he knows who he'd pick if he if the World Cup was tomorrow. I think that's Jordan. And as long as nothing drastic, drastically goes wrong between now and then, I think that's exactly what uh, who'll be playing the, the next two friends. I think it's is a it Cost, Costa Rica and England Nigeria. Yeah, England Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah, so I was right. Yeah. So you, I, I, you fully expect uh, Jordan. Uh, to play those two games, you wanted to talk about the Dutch keeper Zoet on Friday. Came under some for some criticism, and I, I don't know whether you're going to defend him or or, or, or slate him. Yeah, yeah, I think there was uh, in, initially on commentary. I think there was some uh, might be Glenn Hoddle or somebody, but just saying that, that uh, it was poor goalkeeping. Now, I think I put a tweet out as well about that saying for the goal. Yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of saying that a better goalkeeper might have saved that. Right. But it's not an error, and and the reason why we do this and the reason why we do analysis on it as well, it's not just about uh, to to say what's good and bad, but it's just to give when something isn't great or something is good to give some understanding why that happens. And I just think that in that situation, first I'm looking at Virgil van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk turns his back on the ball. Now, as some people have pointed out, and I point out myself. That might that might be something that's agreed between the goalkeeper and the defenders. So sometimes when that happens, the goalkeeper might say to the uh, to to Van Dyke, Zurt might say to Van Dyke, "I want to make yourself make it make yourself as small a pot as possible, so one I can see the ball, and two that it's got um, less of a chance of hitting you and and deflecting off you." But in that situation, I think Van Dyke is that far away from the ball that he still has time to react. So if he stays square on, he can just stick out a leg and uh, and help his goalkeeper out. Because in that situation, we talked about this a few weeks ago, where I'm in goal, and if it's just me and the striker or me and Lingard, if I'm the Dutch goalkeeper, I'll take up a certain position. Now, if Van Dijk is just slightly to the right of Lingard, he's guarding, to me, he's guarding the right side of the goal for me. So I want him to, to keep that position. So when he's there... I'm guarding him to, uh, using him to guard that right-hand side, so I'll maybe take half a step to my left right. to give myself a better chance of um, taking a, a shot to my left. So I'm making the goal a little bit smaller for myself. Now, if it, if I'm doing that, then I want to make sure that uh, Virgil van Dijk does everything to stop the ball going back across me. So making himself as big as possible yeah. or facing so, the ball? So if, if, um, if in that position, if Zurt is just in the, the centre of his goal... In line from the, if you draw a line from the centre to Lingard's right foot, if he's in that position there, right directly in the centre, and Van, Virgil Van Dijk's not there, I think he saves it. He gets a bigger hand on it and he saves it, because he's just a little bit to his left, left of centre, half a step maybe, and that's all it is. And Van Dijk turns his back on the ball. It, it's that's that's the difference between the you know saving it and not saving it, and I think that it, you see it so many times now as well. And other people who point out that that it might be a, a, an agreement between the defender and the goalkeeper. Yeah, it's true. But I just I look every week and I see defenders turning their backs on the ball, and it, it it sends me in a rage because there's nothing to do it. When you do that, you're leaving it a pure chance. If the ball hits you or not, it's 
you know it's uh, it's just pure luck yeah. and then you're leaving the deflection up a chance whereas I think if, you, if you're standing facing it and let the ball hit you then you that's you doing your job but if the if it, if you get a deflection on it as well, surely it takes a bit of pace off it as well, you know. Because if they're sticking in a zinger and you're getting just something on it, obviously you've got to then, as a goalkeeper, face the deflection. But at least it it could also take a bit of that pace off off the off the ball. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's if you, I don't know the numbers and that, and I probably like to 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 see what the statistics were, but. Shots from outside the box and defenders yeah. closing them down. You'd have to weigh up distances and everything like that. But in, in positions, different positions on the on the pitch. But shots from outside, I would say you've got much better chance. There's more chance of you blocking the ball or, like you said, slowing the ball down or sending the ball wide than uh, be deflected into the goal. I'd rather take I'd rather take that chance that you're trying doing something to try and stop the ball and it goes it still goes in past me than just leaving it a chance. Right, let's have a look at some tweets, shall we? We're going to do these quick fire, if that's all right. David Mooney says, "How can I improve my dead ball kicks so fullbacks don't need to take them for me?" I mean, that, I'm, I'm asking that question as well. What, what is just you know, if you were to offer a few points, how do you improve dead ball kicks? Well, there's there's one way around it, and that's by um, playing out from the back. Playing out from the back. Let's just say you're Sam Allardyce and he doesn't want you to play out from the back. Um, or, you know, you might be Russell Slade for whichever team he um, manages next. You've got to, you're using the dead ball. What, how do you improve a goal kick? Is it just leg day in the gym? Well, on that? this is it. So we, we spoke about this, uh, I think, in the first the first episode about uh, what to do in the gym. And so I'm hoping, or we, or not, not hoping, we are going to get uh, an expert in this area yeah. with goalkeeper specific uh, tips right. what to work on in the gym. So this will be one of them as well. Who is that? Um, can you can you can you confirm that? Well, no, I won't confirm because I haven't confirmed the coin yet. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> we, we will get somebody in. Touch wood. Yeah, we will. We'll get them in. So anyway, what I want David Mooney to do is um, get somebody just with, a, with an iPhone to film in taking a goal kick, filming from behind, from the side, and from the front. And I want it to send it to to our account at No One Podcast. At No One Podcast. Number One Podcast. Yeah, and then um, yeah, we'll take it from there, and I'll uh, I'll. I'll give him some oh, tips. All for free as well. Yeah. Bic, you need to get in touch. Uh, just quickly, at Jonathan Hill Dunt. Actually, it's just at Jonathan Dunt, but his, uh, his name is Jonathan Hill Dunt. I, I, I like your name, mate. What do you think of the design of the new Nike glove that Jack Butland is wearing at the moment? So they're the new... We had a little, we had a little chat about them, yeah. didn't they? They're like the snazzy design. They look like gardening gloves. I think Adidas have brought up a version as well. Pretty, si- pretty similar design, yeah. yeah. I like them, mate. What was your favourite ever glove? Um, Rouge Aqua was it? Yeah, it, it was probably around two thousand and two, three, somewhere, like that, and it was a flat palm, and had like a light blue uh, arrow on the back. Yeah, when he when I Ru- love the arrow. yeah, I love the arrow. Um, I'm gonna try and get a pair of those night gloves actually. Um, I think they've come in for a little bit of criticism, but let, let's try. Well, I don't know. I mean, you, you can never like I said I've said before about um, goalkeeping gloves. There's never any good or bad gloves. It's just what the right ones for you. You know, and we. We're, I, I wore a glove the other week that I could not stand. Yeah, but um, somebody else might like that, though. Do you know uh, what I mean? It's like, it's, it's I haven't seen anyone wearing them. I'm not going to slag them off. Oh. I haven't seen anyone wearing them. In fact, I've seen the opposite. I've seen someone not wearing them anymore. 
Um, <laughs> seen a famous goalkeeper, specifically not wearing them anymore. Um, right, let's have a look at your reviews. Winner of the Glove Storybook. We do this each uh, week. Um, so I'm just going to do it at random. Just tell me when to stop, David. Stop. Okay, here we go. Um, this is from Baitkin26. He says, I gave up weekend football when my kids were born. This podcast brings all the feelings of playing in goal back. It also helps alleviate the frustration of having to listen to pundits talk about goalkeepers when they clearly have very little understanding. Keep up the good work. You have won a, a, a book of Glove Story, so send us your address at Bakin26 and we will send that to you. Anything else that you want to talk about, David? Um, was there anything else? Oh, cheating. That's very topical this week, isn't it? I think it'd be a good idea if we want to know what you've uh, what you've done. Cheating wise. Cheating wise. Oh, that is what, great. What have you what have you got away with in so, football? Has this come across come about because of the cricket this week? Yeah. Bloody love your cricket, mate, don't be, you? Because of the ball tap well yeah, I do like it, yeah. Have you have you seen any cheating in football with regards to ball tampering, gloves? What what cheating have you seen without obviously putting someone in prison? Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean off the top of my head, I can't think of anything that um, anyone's done against me. But I've got, I do have a confession to make, and this might get me kicked out of the goalkeepers' union. Oh God, here we go. So, um, so whenever I was sub, yeah, and we were, uh, so I used to come out at half time, and, and if I was doing just warming up, if I was warming up with the rest of the subs, or I was doing a bit of goalkeeper work myself. Yeah. If the opposition were lining up in that half for the second half. I used to sort of dig my heel into the penalty spot. Well, in, into just dig my heel all along sort of the six-yard box in the in the uh, in the penalty area, to, to just putting big divots in the uh, in the grass. That is, yeah. And then what, what, so basically, well, I mean, you're, you're you're on the bench. You're on the bench. The first half, you know which side, obviously, you the you're shooting. Yeah. So when that whistle goes, do you run to the other side quick as possible? No, so basically, just get hold of that penalty spot. No, but this is normally at half time. So if I know that the the opposition keeper is going to be in there, yeah. then I'll sort of I'll sort of dig, like I said, dig my heel in it. All oh, right, so you mixed, do it, but, but yeah, do it half time. So oh, so sorry. So you're basically you're turfing up the ground, yeah. to murk that other keeper. Yeah, the man's got to eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> man's got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know man's got to wait and buy expensive blazers, bruv. <laughs> I, I don't feel guilty about it because I can't remember anything ever coming of it, so I don't feel you too guilty. Like that though, do you, no, you I mean? don't. But it was, um, yeah. It's just sometimes you got it's marginal gains. That's what it is. <laughs> marginal gains. <laughs> it is. You could you could say that, but it also is yeah. is cheating. Uh, right? Is there anything that you've done cheating wise? Do uh, do Twitter's in at no one pod at number one uh, podcast? Is it? I mean, that, that, I don't even know. What it is. I mean, I should know. It is at no one podcast. Yeah. Um, tweets in anything that you've done cheating wise feel free to send us a DM if you think it will get you uh, arrested nothing too sinister if that is okay 
Um, we hopefully will have a guest next week. We're we're trying to figure it out. We've been saying that for a few weeks, it's now, just, but we're just we're just very busy. Aren't yeah, we? but but Monday is a it's a difficult one for for, for goalkeepers, especially yeah. if they're still playing. So it's especially we'll if it's have to work around break that. as well. Um, if you are looking at uh, wanting to win a, a book glove story, do leave us a lovely review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. A lovely four or five star review would be great because it then means that the better reviews we get, the easier it is to find. The easier it is to find more people listen to it, more people listen to it. Hopefully, the more sponsorship we get, the more sponsorship we get, um, the more jackets David can buy. Um, Bick, get in touch with us. Um, we'll do you a sweet, sweet deal. Um, anything else left to say, Mr. Priest? No. Just looking no. forward to the Premier League comeback this weekend. Yeah. Well, England game tomorrow night and then Premier League games this weekend. And, uh, I mean, um, if you support Coventry, uh, go you know, um, for what happened this weekend. To be fair, all the best to Jack Butland as well, like, you know, because it's a big, uh, it's all a the big game Jack for him. Butland. Yeah, because uh, if, if the decision hasn't been made, then it, it is a big night for him. So. Brilliant. We will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. It is goodbye from me, Lord Griffith. And goodbye from me, David Bruce. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.